If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this brand new episode of Mind Pump. It smells new. We talk all about fitness and health. Uh, and in the first 48 minutes, we do our introductory conversation. Here's what we covered throughout the episode. We start out by talking about our live event at Manhattan Beach in Los Angeles. We had an amazing time with everybody. Uh, thank you so much for showing up um, and giving us your support. Um, we are doing more of these live events soon. We're opening them up. They sell out like crazy. We have one July 12th in San Francisco, one July 20th in Denver, and one July 26th in Seattle. They are selling out fast. If you want to book one of these, you want to meet us in person mm. and watch a live. We want to see you in person. Yeah, watch the live event. Go to mindpumplive.com. Uh, then I talk about Taro. He's the CEO of Four Sigmatic. Apparently, for 30 to 40 minutes out of every day, he sleeps on a bed of nails. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's kind it's of hardcore. eccentric guy. Anyway, Four Sigmatic makes amazing uh, supplements out of mushrooms. These are medicinal, functional mushrooms. My favorite is cordyceps. I use it pre-workout when I'm going to do long and grueling workouts. Doug likes to use uh, reishi for relaxation and sleep in the evening. Um, chaga, great adaptogen, great supplement to help your body deal with stress. Anyway, you can go on their website, foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash mind pump and get 15% off your entire order. Then we talked about the uh, Fair, is it Fair Oaks uh, company, the dairy company yeah. investigation. They uh, they got caught uh, doing some pretty bad things to their cows. Yeah, Fair Life, their partner Fair Life, Coca-Cola. That's right. Um, anyway, there's a lot of controversy around that. We have a great discussion around that one. Then we talked about Organifi, the company that we work with that makes organic supplements. In 2018, they were named one of the best places to work by Fortune Magazine, and they do make all organic supplements, including protein powders. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump um, and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about the UFC fight that's going to be happening uh, between <laughs> Justin Bieber not be happening. and Tom Cruise. I hope Tom Cruise whoops his booty. Uh, I guess space is officially open for business. Uh-oh. Uh, they're selling uh, tickets Finally. now. Let's go. I brought up a study on exercise and mental health. Uh, this one's groundbreaking. And then I brought up another study on the nervous system. Apparently, they've identified a mechanism in which the nervous system can communicate to future generations. That's kind of weird. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question is, uh, how do we feel about one rep maxes for both ourselves and our clients? Are there any benefits to testing your max lifts out? The next question, what are the benefits of having small meals throughout the day versus large meals? What's better, large infrequent meals or small frequent meals? Next question, what does it mean to be a strong person? We're not talking about the physical aspects of strength, but just strength in general. What does that mean to us? And the final question, how would we suggest people find their purpose in life? Apparently, we're experts on everything now. <laughs> we just answer everything. So we talk all about yeah. purpose in that part of this episode. Uh, also, this month, MAPS Strong, one of our most effective muscle-building, metabolism-boosting programs is 50% off. Now, this if you want to develop incredible back, so you want back strength, 
if you want to be able to do odd lifts, if you want real work capacity, if you want a workout that's going to speed up your metabolism and burn a lot of calories, this particular program is perfect. Perfect. It's called MAPS Strong. We wrote this program with World's Strongest Man competitor, Robert Oberst. It is now one of my favorite programs, and it's turning out to be one of our best sellers. We put it as 50% off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsstrong.com, M-A-P-S-S-T-R-O-N-G.com, and use the code STRONG50, S-T-R-O-N-G-5-0, for the discount. Again, if you want to boost your metabolism and build muscle, especially in your posterior chain, your glutes and your back, get yoked. Maps Strong is the program to get. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Ah, oh, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. Yeehaw. He got excited. He was like twitching there. <laughs> yeah. So we had quite a few reviews this week. Uh, the winners for iTunes, we have Stewie Q, Creek Paddle, Jacob Susky, SF Yang. For Facebook, Rich DeLong, Clay Lawyer, James Zalaki, Amelia Ray McPeak, Stefan Latimer, and Brandon Rabbit. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Am I on there? Bring it, Justin. Hey, are you on, Sal? Do you want to start the show today? Yep, it's good. Let's do it. It's on. Your, Your turn, Adam. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bring it, Adam. I didn't. Uh, I didn't turn my synthesizer on yet. Your, your synthesizer. Oh, yeah. yeah, we need that synthesizer. Auto tune. You know what's uh, yeah. what's happening to me right now? Mm. That's weird. What? It's not weird. Well, maybe Is it's it weird for me. In your crotch. It's not that. Okay. But but that's something else, Justin. We'll talk Good. about that later. It's uh, when I look at my phone for like longer than a minute, and then I look up. Can't I can't see shit as well. Uh oh! Takes me a second to to refocus. refocus. Oh god! Them old man eyes. Is that what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> old man eyes. Old man eyes <laughs> can't fucking see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It's so blurry. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you guys like uh, Manhattan? Oh, what a great that that was one of our. I think that was one of our best ones. I think it's not even close. Yeah. I thought it was uh, a lot better. I, I think a couple things. One, uh, this was the first time we got a chance to mingle first. That seemed to relax us and the audience, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I felt I was a little nervous about that too. I told Taylor, I was like, ah, dude, I don't know if I like us hanging out before. I think I'd rather us hang out afterwards. Yeah. So I was concerned on what that would look like. Um, but I think it, I think it played out a lot. It's better. starting to mirror more of like the show. Like you're showing up and you're watching a live mind pump show almost. You know what I'm saying? It's got that vibe is what I felt it's when I was getting there. there. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's, uh, what always blows me away about these events is, is when you meet people, I am never prepared. As much as I think I'm prepared, I'm never ready to hear some of the stories that, I'm, that I end up hearing. There was uh, you know, one lady who had got diagnosed with cancer and part as she was treating herself or as she was coming out of the the depression that she got from the diagnosis, part of her success, she said, was listening to us on the podcast, which is like so humbling to hear. So yeah. mind pump cures cancer is what you're saying? No. You're not saying not that. at all saying that. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Adam. 
No, but it, it, it was uh, uh, very, very touching. Then there was that guy who, um, when he raised his hand and talked about his divorce with his kids and how you know he appreciated me talking about that on the show, and he started tearing up. Ooh, I was close, bro. I almost lost it on stage, dude. I know. He was the first guy I ran into, and like he almost got me. Yeah. You know, we got a little bit choked up together for there for a second, and I'm like, not right now, yeah. man. No, it was awesome, dude. And then yeah. there was, and then there was those uh, those giants that were there. Those two guys that <laughs> were like four, actually like, dwarf. They're, they're all like six eight. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, hold. On. Did you see the picture we took with them? Yeah. So, sorry, guys. I'm not gonna post it. You're too damn big. <laughs> I T- don't. Talking shit to me yeah. about swimming. Yes, you will beat me at swimming probably. Yeah, all they got to do is like two strokes yeah. and then they're already yeah. on the other yeah. side. As soon as they just lay down. I said, I'm talking shit to, to Ben Greenfield. I, I feel like he's he's in my class. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like these dudes were like a good six inches taller than I was. Yeah. No, it was a good, it was a, such a good time, man. And then uh, I'm really happy that we stayed longer and just hung out, all of us. I, I really enjoyed that. I was, we got the whole everybody together, had a great time with everybody. Played some volleyball. That was fun. That was a good time. Yeah, uh, you know it was a good thing we let Justin's team win. Adam, <laughs> I felt like his, oh, he needed more confidence. Oh. Yeah, I, like I didn't even excuse. want to. I didn't even want to talk. You didn't about want it. to talk about it. It was salty because <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was laying it down out there. Man, Court- it was getting hot. Courtney and I were mad for like the next next forty eight hours. Yeah, dude. I didn't get any sex after that. Yeah. But uh, oh, really? <laughs> she's competitive like I, I am. Was dude. Talking mad yeah, shit. Was, that was serious for her and I, dude. I could see it in her. She was yeah. right away. We were even down a man. First serve. First uh, destroyed surf. you guys. Yeah, you guys did get us. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, the Valenzuelas, and the uh, and and the one of yeah. the one of the Andrews. We were team bad guys. Is that where we were? <laughs> yeah. me, me first in the Venezuelas. Yeah, cheesecake like Andrews and the Venezuelas. Yeah. You had three real athletes, bro. All three athletes. Yeah, well, I mean, you had Cor- Courtney played. You no, know, she, I, yeah, she she played like all through high school. I got him. I got. I, yeah, but I, I did decent. Sal and Doug average out to like a one. Okay, you know what no, I'm saying? No, like, no, well, then that was even on scale of one to five athletic abilities, like. Together, I they, almost picked you guys up, have more coverage. I almost though. used Doug. I almost picked him up and used him to, <laughs> to hit. Up, you know what I mean? Like just com- combine our forces. <laughs> Grab by his legs. That would have been a good move. That yeah. would have been strategy. That was a fun game though. Uh, but everybody got a little sunburn. Yeah. Justin was looking a little pink out there. I had sand all in my choat. <laughs> that's just that's what happens when you die for everything and yeah. you, you try with effort. That was know? my first time staying at that beach. So we, I mean, I've been up and down the coast right there, but I had never stayed on Manhattan Beach or where we Marina Del Rey or whatever. Was that where yeah, that was? Marina Del Rey area? Right, right. That whole area is, is considered Manhattan Beach. Right. We ended up going it was a to nice beach. We ended up going to Venice Beach, and I had never because I've been to Venice Beach at least six times because you know Muscle Beach is there and Golds, and so I've I've, I've Always excited to go down there, but I didn't. I'd never been to the canals, the Venice canals. I think that's what they're called. Oh yeah, bro. Yeah. I know why they call it Venice now. I know it looks <laughs> just like Venice. That's I had great, no man. idea they even existed. Have you ever been there? I have not. When you guys sent the pictures, I did not know that existed there. It's yeah. literally houses uh, on like canals, like in Venice, and yeah. you take you can take These a boat bridges that you can get to like your neighbor's house. I'm assuming it's this it. very small area though, because yeah, because I've been to Venice a bunch of times and I didn't yeah, even know like that existed. Two blocks or something? Yeah, it's like not something that many. small. Yeah, yeah, something small like that. How did you guys find it? Did you just come across it? We were walking, we were walking back. Yeah, we were walking from Venice back to where we were staying, and which, by the way, we found one of we found a vortex. Oh my god, it was like the Bermuda Triangle. 
of parking lots. Yeah, yeah. We found th- there's a there's a few vortexes on Earth, wormholes, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. We found one of them. So I'll yeah, tell you that was, story in a second. Yeah, it was the fabric of reality had just bended. It did, but we <laughs> we, we 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 walked through the canals uh, to get to our place because Courtney was on the map and. Luckily, she was navigating, <laughs> but but we she had a, a map though. Yeah. So that's yeah. Let's let's not forget that. And, and Muscle Beach is uh, getting renovated apparently. So there were no weights. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So apparently they're they're renovating the whole thing. But then they had the whole the back area with the rings and the ropes and shit. Mm-hmm. So of course Jessica's like, oh, it's a rope. Yeah, Let me show she's off. Like so a she's a little spider, dude. dude she's like whoop, 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 climbing that thing and flipping upside down. And there was a lady watching. Giving her an applause yeah. every time she's she getting a crowd like yeah. oh yeah yeah getting applause. Afterwards, there. she was like, "Should I have done that?" She got a little insecure. I'm like, "Baby, no, fucking, it was awesome. You climbed the rope yeah. with your just your arms. Yeah. Yes, you should have done that. Makes me look good. Keep doing it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so here's the vortex story, right? So this is a true story, by the way. I'm not going to yeah, embellish no, any of I this. Know. This Please. is 100 percent true. I'll make sure it's accurate. Doug and J- and Justin were there. Okay, so we. Get in our Airbnb. We get this uh, apartment that is uh, it's a decent place and it's kind of overlooking the ocean a little bit, but it's a massive complex. So we get there. The guy's like, "I'll meet you out in the parking lot uh, in the garage, I should say, and I'll walk you to the right elevator and then take you to the place." So we do that or whatever. Yeah. We get up there. There's multiple elevators. Yeah, yeah, to things. different places. We didn't know this. Yeah. So we get we we get up to the room. Everybody's you know unpacking and we're like, we should go get some water from the grocery store real quick so that we have water in the place. And then after we come back, after we get the water, then we'll go and meet up with you guys at your place because you guys were on the beach and we're going to hang out all day, right? So Doug, Justin, and I walk out, get in the elevator, go down, and apparently there's two levels where there's parking garages. So we went into one level. We get out and we walk around and we're like, where are we? We're just not seeing it at all. This is not... Our, the car is, was supposed to be right here. It's nowhere to be found. We're, we walked all the way around it, couldn't figure it out. Go back to the elevator, and I'm like, oh, wait, there's another level. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on this other level. So we go to another level, walking around, and I'm hitting the, 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 the key to try and make the car honk or whatever. Yeah. Nothing. Can't hear anything. We're walking, we can't find anything. It looks completely different from the garage that we had originally. <laughs> Yeah. Parked in. You mean and and there's four of you, right? Yeah. No, there's three. And of we're us. hitting up oh, every single exit. We're hitting you know, up to see where are the girls at. They're up in the. Oh, in they're the room. chilling. Yeah, oh, they're okay. yeah, yeah. So no, it's you three. We're on lines. an adventure. Okay, so we're walking around. We're checking all the different exits. Justin's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go up these stairs over here and, and get a bird's eye view because he thought he would go up and look out to just orient himself." Yeah, I just want to see because like we we were totally turned around. I'm like, you know, if I'm stuck somewhere in the wilderness, you got to go to the high ground. That's what I learned from Bear Grylls. That's right. So yeah. he go he goes up and J- Doug and I are still looking around and I hear faint screaming in the background. Sal, Sal. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not how I say. I walk over <laughs> in, in Justin voice. Sal, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. It was more like that. I walk over. Justin locked himself outside. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, I gotta climb up. <laughs> gotta let him in. Yeah, so, dude, they fucking lock you out. Bro, th- how long is this hold, adventure oh, so it's far? Not, it's not, yeah. Oh, bro, that that was probably like we're still 15, th- 20 minutes. Yeah, we're 20, 25 yeah, minutes. 25. In, still trying to find. I was the wondering what took you guys so long to get to the house. Oh, bro, oh, it keeps going. So then, I, so then I'm like, <laughs> let's get back in the elevator and just go back up to the room and start over. So we go in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, we gotta reset. And, this and, and, and the elevator's on the 12th floor. This elevator only goes up to three floors. I'm like, I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> we kept getting in ones that only went to three. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So finally. Justin's like, let's just get out of the building and see what the fuck's going on. So we're like, all right. Yeah. So we walk out of one of the exits. 
Here's the vortex part, okay? So it's about 20 minutes of us walking we're around. We're in a different side of town. We're walking around in circles. And we're in a garage. It's the same garage. I mean, it has to be, right? Because we didn't leave the building. We leave the building. I'm like, we're like, where are we? Justin puts the, the address on because we're going to walk around yeah. the building to go to the car, like from the outside. We're 1.7 miles, miles away. away. <laughs> what? We have no idea how that happened. Bro, do you have any Still. idea how creepy of a feeling that is? Where we only wa- we walked around in circles, walk out, we're almost two miles away. How did this even happen? <laughs> yeah, it's a twilight zone. It's We're freaking out. Maybe we're on edibles on top of it. We, Who knows? But anyway. Yeah, that might have contributed. So we, we got the little scooters, the, the birds, and we're like, fuck it. We're not walking yeah, two not miles walking around two the miles. building. So we get on the scooters. We go all the way around, get the car, finally find it. We take off. It gets even better. Now we're following the GPS on the phone to get to the grocery store. Two times it took us to dead ends. The freaking GPS did. A dead end. Yeah. In the, like, like literally, a, okay, so maybe maybe it was, was clear before, but it had completely blocked the whole thing. So there's no access to get through there. And we're just like, what? And we're looking around for this left turn that doesn't exist. And we just like, we're so perplexed. We're Two like, different it times. tells me to go. Siri is telling me here. Yeah. So finally, there's nothing there. Finally, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going this way and then we'll do it again. We'll, we'll pick it up, you know. At yeah, we'll go street. to a different grocery store, right? And, and Sends us to the same place. We end, yeah. And then we end up in like, I don't know where, what part of LA we ended up. <laughs> but all I know is, is we were, we were boxed in because there were cars behind us, cars in front of us, stuck. And there was a naked crack whore right yeah. outside the window. I saw the photos Justin Justin shared. She was tripping, yeah. dancing and tripping. And Justin was like, I'm like, dude, you better film this. Dude, he makes me film it, right? So I'm just like, <laughs> oh, really? All right. And, and so she I start to film it. She sees that I'm filming it. And so she starts walking over to us like, yeah, yeah you like that? <laughs> yeah, you like that? <laughs> like, I'm like, ah! Yeah. And I put my phone down on my on my uh, lap and I'm just like, I can't, dude. I can't do it. She's, yeah. she, she, she likes this. Yeah, so then we were just looking straight ahead. Yeah. Just ignoring her. But anyway, we made our way back. It was, it was, it's, the, the grocery store is, I'm not exaggerating, maybe two miles away from where we were supposed to go. Yeah. This whole thing took us an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh but we went to this Ralph's and it was like the, there was two Ralph's like that. That's another thing that just blew my mind. We were in a Ralph's and we go around the corner and then there was another Ralph's. Yeah. And the one that we ended up in was the bad Ralph's. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm just like, there was just so many things. It was just, we were so, we got back and I'm just like, I'm so happy. To like, was, I give up. Who was the first to snap and get frustrated? Oh, we were just, Justin was pissed. I was actually <laughs> yeah, pissed off. Justin was yeah. the same. Was, wow, who, someone snapped. I, I wasn't there. So just, I, I didn't have a whole lot of patience that day. Justin was angry. He's like, this is the last time I have Courtney book one of these places for us. I swear. She booked it <laughs> <laughs> just, he's like getting all deflecting on her, dude. Poor, poor Courtney. Yeah, he was, I was like, so angry. Sucks. Yeah, I was laughing. I'm like, bullshit. I'm like this is an adventure. Yeah, but anyway, we made it back. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't but weird, stoked. bro. How do you do that? How do you walk in circles, then walk out, and you're two miles away? We even if we walked two miles away, it was weird. It was very, very strange. But anyway, we found our way back. Everybody's okay now. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel <laughs> like we needed to add like gremlins or you know something yeah, to make so it more interesting. So it's all good. Did you guys see the article? I sh- did, did I share with you the article about uh, Taro? What's Taro's last name, Doug? Do you know you said name? you were going to send it, but you didn't send it over to us. Yeah, what's his last name? Honestly, I can't pronounce it. It's Taro. Uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to look up his name. Right Try. Here. Okay, it'll be uh, fun. Well, Taro's the the Forsigmatic CEO. He's the CEO of Forsig. The brilliant. He's the guy is like 
brilliant. Yeah. Slightly eccentric, brilliant. Like that kind of brilliant, right? Totally. His last name is Isokopila. Isokopila, something like that. Exactly what I sure, said. Yeah. Sure, that's what it is. Anyway, super smart guy. I didn't know this. So in this article, they're talking about, well, they're talking about how Four Sigmatic is just <clears throat> exploding. In fact, Four Sigmatic in this article, this is a CNBC article, is saying how uh, Four Sigmatic is single-handedly making... Like, like creating the mushroom market, how it wasn't that big before, and now it's becoming this huge market because of Four Sigmatic, their ability to just how good their products are and how they market. But anyway, they're talking about him. Did you guys know that he sleeps or he, he takes a nap on a, on a nail bed? I didn't know that. For 30 to 40 minutes every day. What? <laughs> yeah. Like a bed of nails. I feel like you would have tried that by now. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't tried. I want to try it. Do you? Yeah, I do. But apparently he says it, 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 he wakes up refreshed. He goes right to sleep and he wakes up refreshed. A, be, a bed of nails. I want to try this. Yeah, so uh, what what is that called when you get those needle or acupuncture? Is it like I would, the same effects? I would that, imagine or? it's the same idea of like what we talk about with the, the vibrating machine to get you to squat deeper and like relax body. I would think that you have... All these pins in you. Good. This is a great, uh, yeah. yeah, great point. That's my theory, right? On why that would work is, is you've got all this crazy, all these points on your body mm. that it kind of forces the CNS to relax, and you probably do relax and fall asleep at a, if you can once you can relax, right? Once you can settle down. Yeah. So it's telling the CNS because it's, it's, it's just it's it. overwhelmed with too much stimulus, right? Too much stuff going on, so the CNS just like chill. Right, which is the same theory that what happens when you do those vibrating plates, right? Mm. When you're, you're trying to get somebody into a deeper squat, they're so tight, their body's all tense, hmm. and then you get them on that vibrating plate, kind of relaxes it, and then they drop deeper into it. Well, I would think it would be something like that. Well, That's like next level, you know? There's the cryo, there's, you know, sauna. He's like, no, bed of nails, bro. Wow. Well, so, so the, the, the market for, um, uh, well, so for Sigmatic, he said in this article, has annual revenues of 61, oh no, this is according to Crunchbase, over $61 million, just for Sigmatic alone. Wow. Yeah. That's a big, they're, they're crushing. We're well, they're putting out the best information for the increase of commercial health. rates. Yeah. Jerry's going to get an email well, today. Well, the, the global market, because <laughs> so the, the global market for functional mushrooms, they're expecting to grow 6.4% every year. From 2019 to two, 2020. Oh, they're calling them functional mushrooms? Functional mushrooms. Because then you have the ones that you buy for whatever, like, food dish like mm. the, at the grocery store. Well, you also think China probably has a huge market with uh, functional mushrooms, right? Because Chinese medicine oh, right. uses- kind of Chinese herbs, yeah. Yeah, they use mushrooms like crazy. Their number one seller is- Now, I didn't know this. So their mushroom coffee mix with lion's mane and chaga. Trip off this. It's the number one bestseller in the instant coffee category on Amazon. It beats out Starbucks and Nescafe. Really? Yeah. yeah. So it outsells Starbucks instant coffee is the Four Sigmatic one with Lion's Mane and Chaga. Which, which one is that one? Is that the one that I said I like or is it a different one? That's the one that you, that is the one that you liked. Yes, yes, yes. Because I, I remember there's, there's one that we've tried recently that they released that I like. Well, I gave you Cordyceps earlier, but that wasn't it's the It's a good one. cup zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah because li it. Lion's Mane with with um, caffeine, lion's mane, caffeine, and theanine. What a great combination that is. That is such a nice, smooth combination. Do you guys remember, I, I want to say it was about a year or two ago, somebody asked us about a a company called, I think it was like, it's called Fair, Fair it's not Fair Oaks. Fair, Fair Life. Fair Life, that's yeah. it. The Fair Life milk or whatever, and it was like, 
added protein, this and that. And we kind of looked at it and we're like, whatever about it. And mm-hmm. we, I, that was the last I'd ever heard about it. And then recently they just hit the news big time over a big ass like uh, 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 animal abuse scandal. Oh, yeah, they put, I saw that. what's the org- name of the organization that did this? They put workers in. It's not PETA, it's somebody else. No, no someone else. They put workers undercover. ARMS, A-R-M-S yeah, or something, yeah, something like that. What does right? that stand for? I don't know. It's okay. <sighs> animal rights. Probably. Something. Okay. Yeah. So they put um, uh, undercover agents or whatever you want to call them in this company, which the company Fairlife is one of the largest dairy producers in the world, right? Aren't they partnered with Coke? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're massive. And one of their things is they say that they believe in the, the fair treatment of animals. Well, this under un, this undercover videos that they released showed the opposite. They showed a lot of uh, what seems like abuse and kicking and punching and of, of these animals. And then one part was how Fair Life says that they never sell their their calves to to for veal. Yeah, and they filmed the these calves getting taken to. A big veal uh, manu- distributor or whatever. Right. Fuck. Yeah. This is bad for them. I saw the video too on the Fair Oaks owner. I forget his name. I think it's Michael something or other, the actual CEO owner of all this. And I mean, I felt like he took really good ownership of it. This is one, this is one of those situations yeah. where I have a hard time or I know better than to jump to conclusions. One, uh, working on a dairy and a ranch. Uh, for many years uh, at a, a, a very, very small size in comparison to this. I mean, and the amount of dead cows that you see on a regular basis is pretty common. So I could imagine at the the size of this one, it'd be really easy to put together a video of, you know, calves dying all over the place mm-hmm. to make it look mm-hmm. more extreme than what's going on. And then when you've got, you're herding around thousands of cows you know, mm-hmm. and you've got hundreds of random employees working for you. I could definitely see, you know, one kicking them here. So I, I, I could see the side of how you can make this look really, really gruesome and awful. But then I also can see the side too of like how these guys could just brush this shit in the rug. It doesn't fucking well, matter to them, and they're just trying to make money. Well, so here's here's my the the point that I try and take with this because you're right, Adam. Oftentimes, videos can be made to and edited to look. Uh, worse than they actually are. So yeah. let's. So here's what the CEO said in his video. He said that there were four or five employees that were in the video, uh, or no, four vi- four employees. Four and three, three of which were fired ahead. Of they time. had already fired three months before the release of the video because other employees had reported them. Mm-hmm. So they that actually looks good for them. One of them they hadn't caught. One of them was caught in the video. Now the videos that you see could all be from those employees, right? But they're edited to look like there's it's a bunch, a bunch of different employees that right. are doing it. Yeah. Here's the other thing: the CEO said that they do extensive training on how to treat animals properly. If you see someone treating an animal uh, poorly, please report it. All that stuff. In the vi- in the investigative report, they were saying we got no training whatsoever. But here's the thing: yeah, so they actually went in there and had like a spy basically like go through the training protocol and all that to, to but do don't, an inside but, but don't but don't forget this though the the person who's going in from arms okay animals rights they are they exactly. are they're going into this with an agenda of right course. away like if you you have, you're already suspect they're doing things that you think are wrong so you send an undercover person in there so they are looking for every piece of a bad pub they can find not so you just keep that, that in mind not just that they're so highly motivated 
Because you got to, okay, you have to put yourself in, in their state of mind. This was not an investigative, uh, this is, wasn't an investigation from a non-biased agency. This is a, an organization that specifically, like you said, Adam, their agenda is to, right. their agenda is to get people to stop eating animals. Well, that's the agenda. It makes me think of another scenario, like infiltrating in, like having your own infiltrator, like cause a lot of the animal cruelty. Mm, well, it could happen. I, I don't know. You're right. But that's, but that's, I'm not, I'm like, I'm just throwing that out there as like a potential thing that like my mind goes but to. But well, put yourself again in their, in the, in their state, right? When you're that level of uh, animal protector or animal supporter or anti, you know, eating, you know, meat or animal products, you consider animals at the, like in the same level of, as humans. So they're so strong, their their beliefs around this are so strong that they, it, imagine if you were trying to protect humans, right? You would do everything you possibly could to sway people's opinions. Right. And so, and in, in, even in the video, you say that you hear them say, like, you know, we think you should, uh, you should stop drinking all dairy. Like they're they're saying all dairy, right? Take it off all, all rather than just this company. So yeah. So I think what we people have to go, and I'm hoping somebody's going to analyze the footage to see if it's showing more than just the. Four well, when we employees. watched the footage. I mean, it was it did have that that emotional reaction. Like I even found myself like, oh my god, like this yeah. is this is repulsive. Like I got like really you know angry well yeah if you're not if you've never been around or like i grew up around that so it's not that shocking to me in fact you have to take into consideration too what if they're what you didn't see is the potential and i'm again i'm playing devil's advocate by no means am i fucking justifying any of the behavior in their scene so before i get roasted in my dms the next day but you know you could you could easily clip that where one of the guys that's you know you know hitting the calf on the head with a bottle a, a milk bottle with that could have just got fucking bit three seconds before that mm. and that's his reaction and you only clip you clip the guy hitting the, the calf sure. and let me tell you when when a, when a fucking animal that size grabs a hold of you and bites you your natural reaction is to kick him or hit him or push him off of you or do things like that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there's things like that that I know because I've been around that for so long that you have to kind of keep yeah. into consideration I, I, all the I, things that could could be going on well, too here's what I think I highly doubt that but what I do think perhaps is that there's there's four employees that they that 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 were implicated in the videos right and it's those same four employees doing all the stuff. It looks right. like that. And, yeah. and yeah. the fact that they... Because that's a massive company. Right. Yeah. And, exactly. And to control, you know, you have a thousand employees working for you. And, you know, I mean, a guy that at his level, I doubt even gets a chance to meet every single one of his employees. Mm -hmm. And they have a thing in, in place that if you see animal abuse, you report it right away. And then they, and they terminated three of the four before this even leaked and came out. Yeah. So yeah. that shows me that they do care about but, that, that they are trying to. But you know how this is, yeah. right? It's, it's uh, public opinion doesn't work that way. It's not like going to court. Where right, they of course. They're the public already. It's too late. Like the video's yeah. out. You watch it. You oh, get an emotional damage, reaction. Yeah. It's going to damage the company <laughs> yeah. regardless. And, I do. I do. Uh, definitely. I liked how he was very like very much owned, you know, the fact that that happened like at his farm. And it was, you know, like he he was trying his best to, to like, you know, make steps in better directions as far as correcting these kinds of things. Well, it's so powerful nowadays because people are so far removed from their their food. That like here's a, this is the truth now. If I were to show videos of how animals are actually slaughtered, I mean, like properly slaughtered by law, not breaking any rules, not abusing animals, yeah. just watch just videos of them being slaughtered, that would get people 
to react. Right. Totally. Because we're not used to we don't see it. We don't see we all we see is a piece of meat covered yep. in plastic, you know, in, in the tray at the grocery store. So these things have a lot of power, but it'll be interesting to see how this kind of But if it is those same four four employees in all the videos that are edited to look like a bunch of different people, they're legally they're 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 covered, especially if they fired three of them beforehand, before those videos aired. They're like, we already caught them. Right. We got rid of those assholes. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Then they're kind of you know covered. That's why I'm kind of on the fence how I feel about it. I mean, yeah. it's a, there's not enough information yet uh, before I would try and react, which I think we live in this era now where we do. We see something, totally. we read something right away, and then instantly. I'm always checking myself because of that. That's yeah. why I'm always speculating too, like worst case scenario. Like we, I mean, we saw Jesse Smollett. We saw these things yeah. come out where you're like, I can't fucking believe they would yeah. you know, make us think that. Uh, videos are starting to lose power because of that, because we're starting to see so many of them being uh, you know, edited in a way to make them look different or uh, now there's the, the AI you know, where they're able to take your face and put it on something else and Make you say something. Video's gonna lose their power here pretty soon. Next 10, 15 years, I think you're gonna show a video and everyone's gonna be like, yeah, right. Oh, and, and is it real or not? And an operation that massive with that many employees, it would not be hard to make something like that look bad. It's just, mm-hmm. just, just period. Like, think of a company. Yeah, that's not that, that's not a bad point at all. Right, I don't like, care what company it is. You you're going to find some assholes in that company. Right, when you have thousands of employees. Yeah. I mean, you think of, just go back to our experience personally in a company like, you know, 24 Fitness had 5,000 plus employees. You know, of those 5,000 plus employees, do you think that all 5,000 are great human beings and don't have a lot of fucking dirt? No, I do, knew a lot of, I knew right. some of them personally. Right, were, and imagine shitty. if you had a, a video that you could collect all the, the bad, inappropriate things they were doing. You could totally make that company look like a piece of shit. So yeah. I have a hard time uh, pointing well, the finger at the company yeah. over things like this. An example that was PETA and like when they got in hot water for euthanizing a lot of the animals. Mm. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a whole nother thing, but I don't want to take us down a rabbit hole. But I'm just saying there's like, if you really want to find dirt and shit, like like you're, to your point, like it, you could create something. Yeah, it's crazy. Speaking of companies, uh, this was on, a, on a, a lighter note. This is an older article, um, but someone shared it with me and I never saw this. So this was in, um, I think it was in Fortune <laughs> magazine or, or I want to say Fortune um, that uh, this now the title of this was the twenty best uh, companies to work for. Um, let me let me actually read the t- 20, 20 best workplace in retail, two thousand eighteen, and under the small medium category, guess who got first place? Who? Organifi. Oh shit! Yeah, Organifi. No shit. Yeah, back in two thousand and eighteen, was the number one small and medium company. For uh, ranked by employees. Well, we were, you remember when we walked into their headquarters, you know, and they've Great and vibe. they've yeah. and they've upgraded since then. Yep. But that was, I mean, you remember we got a. Uh, applause when we walked in and everybody was all in oh this. it was a great culture they oh had there. You, you could yeah, tell was, you know you cool. could, you guys know that I mean we know that from our, our experience too and just running big facilities you can just feel it when you walk into a, a place that that's got yeah, a good everybody vibe. was bought in man they had just screens everywhere everybody was aware of what like like this department was doing that department was doing they were all in like great communication well so, so there's a there's a, a website called great place to work and apparently they'll certify your company if you let them, you know, uh, survey your employees and all that stuff. And this is, which is kind of interesting. It's pretty cool, right? 
So Organifi's great place to work certified between June 2018 to June 2019. So they're probably going to go through another process. But check this out. So they surveyed their employees, and at the time they had 59 employees. 100% said that this is a great place to work. 100%. Wow. Yep. 100% across the board. Management is competent in running this business. I believe management would lay people off only as a last resort. Management is honest and ethical. Our executives fully embody the best characteristics of our company. Our facilities contribute to a good working environment. 100% across the board. Wow. Pretty cool, right? That's great. That, that yeah, is cool. good for them. You know, I like about, uh, that's one of the reasons why we, we we partnered with them. I mean, or why we continue to partner with them. Obviously, they have good products. Um, but you could tell a lot about a company when you go into their headquarters and meet their staff. And, uh, you know, oftentimes you think a product is good. You go and you meet their staff. And then this is, I'm not going to name any names. But there, there's other big companies, a big supplement company in particular, where we had kind of an idea of them. We walk in and we're like, oh, this is not yeah. a great environment. There's a disconnect there. Yep, yep. So I don't know how good that's going to be in terms of the products or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good for them, man. Yeah, yeah. Kicking ass. Sh- shout out to Sean and Drew over there. Kicking ass. Yeah. Nice right. work, you guys. Yeah. So did you see the next uh, UFC fight that's going to come and happen? Yeah, yeah right, dude. I saw this. <laughs> Who? So stupid. Who? Who? Dude, Justin Bieber like put some tweet what? out there about like he, he's calling out Tom Cruise. Now why what? is he calling? Why is he calling him out? I have no fucking idea. Like, uh, like what sparked that? Like, why? Why did he feel Tom Cruise specifically? Is this too? one he must of those? Watch Mission Impossible. Or is something. this one of those deals where actors trying to get in their role before they actually the movie rolls out? Like, remember when Joaquin Phoenix was yes, doing that? That smells like that, right? Right. Where it's like they're trying it's to a put, hype thing. Right. Trying to hype up like a new movie that's gonna get dropped. That's like, where I thought too. I was like, yeah, this has to be like a hype thing, or like he's. I don't know, losing relevance. And so he thinks of like the first A-lister he could think of in his mind, like Tom Cruise. That's usually somebody's go-to, right? Yeah, it's just a single tweet. Everybody's confused about it, apparently. And then what's his name uh, who fought in the UFC? Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's talking about, he says, uh, McGregor Sports and Entertainment will will host the bout. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid on, is right. Man. Can I tell you? Can I, Okay, so first of all, I, I really hope this doesn't happen because it's stupid. But let's just say it did. I hope Cruz spanks their shit. Yeah, I know, right? Just whoops his little ass. He he yeah. could use a good whooping. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Bieber is smaller than Tom. No, Cruz. he's 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 bigger. Yeah, I was gonna say I think, I think Bieber is bigger than yeah. Cruz. He's 50, got the reach. Isn't Cruz fifty six? And he's younger, yeah. way younger. Yeah, yeah. fifty six and twenty. It's a big age difference. The only yeah. guy I would trust to fight at that age is Doug. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Doug, Doug will yeah. kill Bieber. Doug would <laughs> shred him in Doug, half. Let's, that wouldn't even let's be. get that going. <laughs> um, yeah, you might be able to take yeah. Tom Cruise, but yeah. you won't take Doug. You ain't taking. You can't take Doug. Oh my God! That, you know how bad that would be for for Mind Pump if Doug fought because because then people would see the tr- the sheer violence yeah, that's the fangs inside Doug. That come out. Yeah. They have, nobody understands. The, I don't know if I want the bigger. What's the what? What's the what's Bieber's. Uh, Click, you know how like uh, Beyonce has her oh, beehive. The Beliebers. Is that what it is? Right? Yeah, it's the Beliebers. I, yeah, I don't want the Beliebers to come after us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call him out on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You should, Doug. Get him, Doug. I'll fucking fight you. Fuck no. that kid. Yeah. Get him. We don't want everybody to see that side of Doug. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep that to with inside. Your, with your cute face. Yeah. yeah. Have, you guys, uh, have you guys seen that uh, space is, uh, is officially open? Did you hear about this? What? What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Space open. is open. So at the end of last week, NASA announced plans to open the International Space Station to private business by allowing private astronauts to travel to space. Oh my yes. god! Yes. Can we take all the flat earthers up there, please? Bro- 
Right. Look, and shut the fuck up. Look, look, Listen, it's brown. look, it's real. Now let's get back to life. Listen to how much. It, guess what? Do you guys think a ticket will cost to go up to the space station? Uh-huh. Ten Spa- million. Space tourists will have to sell how much for a ticket? You think? Ten million. Fifty-eight million for a ticket to the Woo. station, and then another thirty-five thousand per night to stay there. Wow! Can you imagine having Most space ex- dinner? That's the most. <laughs> that would be awesome. Space dinner. How <laughs> like about space sex? Peas and space sex sounds them. way cooler. Space sex would be way better. Now, yeah, when you it? finish, you're you're the th- <laughs> thousands <laughs> of miles club. <laughs> hey, hey, that just Ew, that ah. spoils oh, your God, pullout hey. method idea yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't do the pullout method in space. No, man. <laughs> you gotta like triple wrap it right, so it stays in there. Don't go in Justin's room. Leave that door closed. <laughs> Hold on, I got some cleaning to do. Yeah, yeah. what is this? Is that a squid? $58 million. <laughs> <laughs> is that a jellyfish? I got scared. Is this ink? What is this? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> that's so gross. Yeah. No, dude, that's that's crazy expensive. $58 million. That doesn't sound like a deal. <laughs> it does not sound like a deal. Sounds like a ripoff. Yeah. Well, you know, all the billionaires will be doing it. I mean, if you're a billionaire, what's what's fifty? You kind of have to. Do what's it. left? Why yeah. else get all that money? Right. Yeah. No, if Damn. You, that's, if you made it that far, right? That's crazy. <laughs> We're, we're there though, dude. Isn't yeah. that isn't that nuts that we're there? I mean, it's only a matter of time before what, Airbnb up there. Yes, or <laughs> <laughs> some broke ass fool like us could get uh, up there. You know what I'm saying? Space right B and B. We'll be able to afford it in like 20 years. Have you ever heard of the 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 plans? I don't know if NASA talked about this or other scientists speculated of making a, a space uh, elevator. Have you heard about yes, this? I did. That was in uh, I think it was in Japan. They were mm-hmm. talking about it. Like literally, like a literal. Elevator that goes straight through the atmosphere all the way up. I know it sounds crazy to the space station. It's, they said feasibly it would cost less than uh, trying to fly everybody in rockets all the time. Yeah, and you just go up the elevator all the way to space. That would be cool. Yeah, how but long like, would that ride be? Fuck, that would be a crazy ass long ride, dude. The music. I would be so nervous. I just feel like an earthquake would then fuck have that, that for yeah. sure. <laughs> you have one fat guy that jumps and you're screwed. You know, you, you got Kenny, Kenny G playing in the background. Yeah. The whole way up forever. I'm not riding with Justin up that elevator. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take it down. (laughs) But that that's uh, that's wild. So, what would be the benefit of a private company? I guess for for marketing purposes. Yeah, yeah, for competition. It'll it'll open up the space to be competitive. So it's uh, Hmm. that's what I think is cool about it. I mean, they've uh, NASA partnered actually with SpaceX. I I think we should sell the moon. That's what I think. Sell it. Yeah. Like space, like you look up to you look up at night in the sky and the moon says Coca Cola. Bro, they're already talking about that. (laughs) Amazon's already trying to get in on that. Um, I remember reading an article like they're trying to sell, like uh, there was some some kind of like a a a billboard or light, you know, like advertisement they were trying to like shine from. Oh, to shoot on the moon. Yes, shoot on the moon. How fucked up is that? Right. I was like, no. The one last. You're not allowed to do that that, shit. You know, it's a romantic evening. Look at the moon. So, God damn it. Target. Do you buy Coca Cola? Yeah, fuck. Yeah. You know, right there (laughs) on the moon. This makeout session. Dude, there was uh, another study that came out um, on mental health and exercise. And this is cool now. The study now is calling for exercise to be the primary uh, treatment for mental disorder, the first, the first line. So they're trying to say in this in this particular study that instead of giving people medication as a first line defense, get them exercising because it's that effective. Good. It's that effective at alleviating patients' <clears throat> symptoms. How 
crazy is that? And how awesome is that? Finally. Yeah, so instead of prescribing psychotropic medications, give them physical exercise mm-hmm. uh, to deal with their symptoms of you know, anger, anxiety, and depression. Think about how much money that would save and uh, how much uh, we know how much better of, an, of a treatment that would be. It'd be interesting to see how many people actually do it, though. Well, yeah. when the studies are supporting it, it, you might get more people behind it. You know, you might get insurance companies paying for it. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how much it saves them money. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be the pre- so what they're saying is the objective was is that the primary objective is to promote exercise, fitness, and physical health to inpatient psychiatry patients. Mm. Then the secondary objective includes therapeutic management of, of depressive symptoms with uh, you know medications or whatever. But but give them that first. Yeah. That would be interesting if like yeah, there's a practice that combined like personal training and uh you know psychotherapy like there was like in the same like vicinity so it's like they they kind of worked together with that so How, they had a plan it, it, I mean it works man yeah I know this I know this working with Oh, we know clients. how powerful it is. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, we get dude. people moving. How much better? They how feel? how often did this happen to you as a trainer? Where you be training a client? I'm sure it happened every time. You train a client, and a year later, they're not the same person. Not just physically, but they're just not the same person. Yeah. Where they walked in and they were either grumpy or low energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a year later, it's like they're. I used to train. I'm not going to say too much about this person because I don't want to give them away. Um, but I used to train a gentleman who worked in a particular field that I trained lots of other people in. And he, when I would bring up his name, he was quite well known in this field. And when I would bring up his name, uh, when I first started training him, the other people that I trained that knew him would be like, oh my gosh, good luck to that, man. I, you know, I don't know yeah. how you're going to be able to hang in with that guy because apparently he had a bad reputation for being kind of a jerk to a lot of people. And he was. When he would come in, he was kind of an ass. Now I'm the perfect person to train an asshole because uh, it doesn't phase me and I'll give it back to you every once in a while. And so he would do that to me, come in and be a jerk, and I'd fucking whatever, and I'd be a jerk back to him, and, and that was it. We trained. And after about six or seven months, little by little, him and I developed a friendship, and we became cool or whatever. Well, anyway, these same people that knew him would come into me and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to change his name to, to, to protect him or whatever. They'd be like, what are you doing with Michael? I'm like, oh, we're just working out. They're like, he's a different person at work. He's telling jokes. He's giving people hugs. Like, he's a completely different person. His wife came in one day when he wasn't training with me and told me if he ever says he's not going to train with with you anymore call me because I'll buy him more sessions he cannot stop with you this is completely changing oh, wow. his attitude but i would see stuff like that all the time with clients because exercise has an activity has such you know such and i don't think it's that necessarily exercise is a miracle treatment i think that we evolved with activity and that not having activity is what causes or at least exacerbates a lot of these symptoms of anxiety and depression. I think, so, I yeah. think the key, though, will be what you just said about um, getting insurance companies to pay for it. Mm. Because I don't see – if you're going into if you're going into therapy and you've got you know depression and you got shit like that going on with you, to get you to be motivated to go work out at the gym – Hard. Way hard. I mean, it's hard already. It's hard for the average yeah. person who's mm-hmm. just – not in great shape or has health conditions or just should be in the gym, period, right? Doesn't matter. Like that, that person already has a hard time getting in the gym. Throw in the fact that they're they're depressed, they have anxiety, they have all these other they have mental issues oh, going yeah, on. For sure. Yeah. I mean you well, would have to. Yeah, and it's a lot like, you know, your general practitioner will throw out there like, well, just you know, stop eating fast food and uh, just like try and get some walking in. Yeah. You know, like it's like really like generic, terrible advice that's like like duh. 
uh, like having like real specifics and ha- giving them an action plan, uh, I think that that will do something. Well, I, I thought this for a long time. I've, I've, I talked about that back when I used to have my studio. In fact, I had written a very basic business plan around this particular idea because I thought at some point maybe I'd pursue this. But I thought that mental uh, health facilities where you have therapists, counselors, psychologists, or psychiatrists should have a small gym in there mm-hmm. with specially trained personal trainers. Yeah. And I thought that would... Well, I especially thought, weight loss clinics. Like I've always thought that. Well, there I, needs to be like therapy in there. Yeah, but even just a place where you go to get therapy, yeah. they also have a gym. And so part of your treatment is... Here's what I think. And I'll tell that. Look, if you're a therapist and you're listening right now, try this out. Have the patient exercise before they talk to you. Have them work out and then have them come meet with you and watch how much more they open up. Before their MDMA? Yeah. That's the other thing. We're going to get into that too. (laughs) Anyway. Dude, another crazy study. So scientists for the first time have discovered a mechanism that's been identified that can transmit neuronal responses across generations. In other words, in other words, this study shows how the nervous system can transmit transmit information across different generations. What? Yes. Through DNA. Which now this to me, I, I think explains when you see this, right? Uh, let's use like Stephen Curry for an example. You've got him, his brother, his dad. They're all like these like amazing basketball players and pure shooters. Like it's cra- you got to think that there has to be something in the DNA that's passed down from generation Some programming that uh, yeah just that's passed that's along. Yeah, yeah that's that's along the lines of like epigenetics right, right. Yeah. but right. it makes perfect sense because if you're think about evolution huh. for a second right we always think of it we think of it broadly let's say you live in a a cold stressful environment. And obviously, in a cold, stressful environment, the people who are going to survive the most are the ones that are hardest working, probably most paranoid, and probably the ones who are seeking food the most. So high appetite, high levels of energy. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of making things up. Well, then it would make sense that three, four, five generations down, it's going to help program the next generation to kind of be born with these types of characteristics. So it's fascinating, right? And it's based off your experiences. So... Maybe if you have a different experience, let's say you grew up in a rough, like had a rough childhood, but now your kid grows up in a, in a great childhood, are they going to inherit some of your experiences or some of you, how your body would have changed based on your experiences? Maybe. Hmm. Kind of crazy, right? If you think yeah. about it. That's no, super that crazy. Is, that is crazy. Yeah. But this was done on, this was, this was not done on humans. Uh, this was done on a particular type of uh, worm, I believe. Because we're just like worms. Yeah. Well, I mean, nervous systems go way back. I mean, they, they go way, way, way back before humans. So, But this is the first time that we've actually identified a mechanism. So this is a breakthrough. So now huh. that they've identified the mechanism, they're going to see if they can see it and find it or something similar to it in other animals. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Because oftentimes discoveries are made with, you know, other species before they find them in humans. So we'll see what happens. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from CDT T. Young. How do you guys feel about one rep maxes for yourself and for your clients? 
I'm into powerlifting and strongman, so I see them as necessary. But what about for overall health? We talked about this a long time ago. We did. But it's yeah. been a while, so that's why I put it on here. Hmm. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's, a, it's somewhat of an important topic, especially in, I feel like in the last... I don't know. Would you guys say decade or so? I don't want to blame CrossFit completely. I know we bring CrossFit for a lot you of You can blame like, social media too with like the, you know, the PR and the always trying to show that you're doing awesome shit. Yeah. Do you know, there was a time where I didn't even know what PR meant. Like yeah. there was like, I, I was. That's a, recent. Yeah. I didn't know what a PR, what, when people were first talking about PRs, I'm like, what the fuck is a PR? Like, that was never <laughs> yeah. a thing when I first started as a trainer. public relations yeah, officer. We, we, used to, we used to just say you're Max. Yeah. That's what we used to call it back in the day. Yeah. What's but, your max? But it got yeah. so popular that How people are, are talking about PRs all the time. And, you know, there's, hey, if you hit a new PR in, a, in an exercise, I think that's great. And, you know, more power to you to celebrate that. But because of that, it's created this culture around always chasing a max. And it's funny because when I think back to all the years that I've trained clients, uh, this was never really a conversation, almost never. Yeah, I mean, maybe I can count on one hand how many clients that I I was actually training towards, like a lift, like yeah. to. The only time I've ever done that with a client was when I had a, a football player that I was training who was trying to get ready for a combine, and so we were actually like testing it out, mm. like to see like where our range was, like a few months prior to that, and then we were, you know, ramping ourselves up towards that. But yeah, it's it, to be honest, it's not something that. Uh, I, I focused on very often with clients or even myself, unless I was, uh, you know, on a on a sports team. Yeah, I, there there are benefits to training heavy singles and doubles. Those aren't maxes though. Uh, maxing out would be lifting, you know, something for one rep. That's your absolute limit. Uh, what I'm talking about is taking a weight that's lower than that, that's still heavy where you're practicing like one rep at a time. Powerlifters often train like this. And I think a lot this has benefits for a lot of people. The risk is somewhat high training this way, but there's a lot of benefit to training heavy singles, doubles, and triples. Yeah, that's different, though. Let's that's different about, than like, a max, this, right? he's, Yeah, he's talking about a max lift, chasing PR right, right. stuff right here. Now, the, the only benefit to, to testing a max out is to to see where you're at and and or if you have clients who are highly motivated in that way and if it's appropriate for them. Um, when I used to train Doug, there were a couple times where we, we had him test out his max for something like deadlift because one of his goals at the time was to um, be able to deadlift over 400 pounds. Um, and that was really one of his goals. Like One of his distinct goals was I want to be able to pull 400 pounds off the floor. And so testing that out you know, was part of, uh, part of his training. It kept him motivated. It was appropriate for him because he had good form. He had good mobility and stability. And it was under uh, my watchful eye. That being said, it's quite rare. I, I really don't see any benefit for most people. I see no value to, to train max. I see no value in it if it's if the client isn't asking specifically for that, right? If like if Doug says, "Hey, Sal, I want to increase my, I want to see you with the most I could ever deadlift." Like obviously, that's going to get implemented into his routine. But if it's just a normal client who's which the average person's coming to you for fat loss or building some muscle or just staying healthy or being more mobile. Like that's like 90% of the clients that most trainers will train. If it's that person, I don't think it belongs in a routine at all. In fact, there's way more risk than there is reward to you knowing that number. Like as a trainer, I can program 
a, a great you don't program need to know that and never know what this person's no. max their max bench it. press or max squat or max deadlift no. is. Now the other the only other benefit potential I could see from doing this is the the mental component. And what I mean by that is this, okay? So uh, sometimes knowing your limits, pushing yourself to the limit, it may not benefit you physically, like it may not make you get fit any faster. It may not build any extra muscle on you or burn any extra body fat. And it oftentimes it might even slow your progress because you push yourself too hard. Like if you did a two and a half hour workout where you just push yourself to the limit, you probably it's not gonna make you progress any faster. It might actually slow down your progress. But the benefit might be knowing that you can do it, pushing your body to those limits, the emotional and the mental capacity that you have for hard exercise has now grown. Because here's the thing, like uh, tra- part of the, the, your job as a trainer, or even just for yourself for working out, is knowing how, t- knowing how far you can go because then you know where you should go to get good results. Like I do this often. I don't do this often, but I do this regularly where I will go to failure sometimes on a set to recalibrate my, you know, how, how far I know I need to push to go to failure so I know when to stop. Because what I was finding is when I wasn't testing myself, that I thought I was pushing my sets to one or two reps before failure, but in reality, it was more like four or five reps before mm-hmm. failure. So every once in a while, I would test myself and kind of recalibrate my perception of where that intensity should be. And so I could see that sometimes. You know, like when you go in the military, for example, sometimes your workouts are designed to make you more fit, and sometimes they're there to make you tough. And the tough ones are not the ones that are going to make you fit. Those are the ones just to push your mental capacity. And so it's kind of that it's a little bit of that, right? When, when you're, you're pushing your client that hard, but again, like Adam said, 90% of the clients are, it would be inappropriate. To well, do that. I, I saw this a lot, uh, through a lot of sports training and I, and I, I still see it, uh, you know, pervading that industry, um, in terms of like really leaning hard on the, on, um, the, the mental discipline, the toughness, the trying to get kids ready by just beating the shit out of them. So they get ready for the season when there's a lot smarter approach that they could have where they're going to be stronger, faster, and have more longevity. So it's, it's just hard for me to, um, to really promote it anymore. Like I, I get it. Like I get, uh, the, the drive to want to accomplish like a PR or something where I can, achieve my max you know squat my max bench like that's those were staples for me like i wanted to be the strongest in my class when Mm -hmm. i was going up uh you know working out with guys that were you know 100 pounds heavier than me and i was benching and squatting the same amount of weight as them that was cool but uh really that that wasn't what mattered on the field like that actually like it it deterred me from a little bit of performance because my shoulder was compromised because I worked so hard at, at trying to be the best yeah. bench press. What, I, gra- what grade was this? Six? Fifth? S- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sixth grade? That joke didn't fly, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's <was> laughing. <laughs> Judge, that was great, Justin. Yeah. He left it. Yeah. Yeah. He let it die. Yeah, I, let it. <laughs> I, I buried that one. Yeah. That's okay. No, I, 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 you know, I, I like Max's personally. I don't train them often. I don't max out often at all. I think the last time I tapped out or, or topped out on a max was, I don't know, two years ago maybe. I mean, recently I pulled 530 off the ground in a deadlift, but it wasn't my max. I, 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 I was tempted though. I did think to myself like, I wonder if I could pull 550, but I left it at 530. But I'll, I do like every once in a while using that as a goal. Like, okay, I want to be able to do this weight. So let me train towards this weight. 
and then you know see what I can do. But you know, every time you do that, the risk of injury is really high because now you're pushing performance beyond a a health and wellness perspective, right? You're pushing it to a max performance perspective, in which case the risk of risk of injury is always high. Well, and the only time I was maxing out quite a bit was when I was chasing after your deadlift numbers, and I had the most problems uh, injury wise during that time for sure because mm-hmm. I was constantly pushing the limits. I'll actually I'll actually max squat more than anything else. Just because uh, of all the things, when you look at like uh, overhead press, bench press, uh, deadlift, squat, the, the thing most common things that you would max out on, uh, squatting I feel the most comfortable and safest with bailing mm. uh, in a in a com- in, in, in a situation. Really, where, even more than a deadlift. Yeah, definitely. De- yeah, you just throw it behind you, man. You're- yeah, yeah. Scott, squats are scary to I bail mean, on for some people. Not, not for me. Not for me. Yeah, yeah. either. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if you know how I to do it, it right. Well, but- especially when you can get. Uh, why you you can only get to like ninety, but Justin mm. and I can get all the way. <laughs> so so when you can get all the way down and you're at the bottom and you can't get out of it, you just kind of bail. You let it bail off of you, no problem. Where deadlifting, if I'm yanking on it to come up, I'm yeah. more likely to pull something trying to get get it off the ground when it's too heavy or my low back start to you just break, let go the bar. Power, power cleans were the worst. I used to have the worst like bails, like the oh, most gotta, epic you bails. Fall back on yeah, your you ass. Fall back you? and like yeah, you you really eat it, but. Yeah, those are still fun. Yeah, bailing on a bench press, not good. No. Yeah, that's definitely not one. The worst. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst. Next question is from Andrew Beth. What are the benefits of having smaller meals throughout the day versus large, less frequent meals? Or is it just a personal preference? Yeah, this was a... So it's funny how this, is, this has died recently, but forever it was promoted, and I used to promote this because this is what I thought to be true. It was promoted that you... If you wanted to maximize fat burning, you wanted to maximize uh, muscle building, uh, if you wanted to stoke your metabolism, you had to eat uh, frequent small meals throughout the day to the point where eating few meals throughout the day, even if it was the same calories, uh, would slow your metabolism down, make you gain more body fat, and you'd lose muscle. Um, and they used to say, look, you want to you want to feed your body frequent amino acids so that your muscles, your body doesn't tap into your muscles uh, to provide those amino acids. So it's got a constant influx. You can't metabolize more than 30 to 50 grams of protein at a, at a sitting. So, you know, if you're going to eat 200 grams of protein when you need to have at least four meals, but better yet, have five or six meals uh, throughout the day, that small meals stoked the the fire of the metabolism because of the thermic effect. Um, and the larger meals uh, didn't do that and all that stuff. This was a massive myth, and we actually crushed this one early on in the mind pump days. Actually got some uh, uh, some blowback from it early on, but then when you look at the science, we're, we're totally right. Yeah, our six-pack bag uh, sponsorship really fell through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, all the old benefits that we were told that it provides, speed up the metabolism, burn body fat, build muscle, blah, 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 it's all bullshit, you know. If you, as long as it's not in the extremes, um, it's all the same. It's all to personal preference. Now that being said, there are some benefits, in my opinion, to eating smaller meals. If if you're eating five thousand calories a day, you're probably going to have to eat five meals a day. Uh, you know, good, good luck trying to eat that with three meals. That's a big, huge meals that you're going to have to sit down and eat, and you're going to feel bogged down. Smaller meals, and that's probably where it initially got its wings, right? Bodybuilders yeah. who were eating this it makes huge. Sen- well, these huge bodybuilders, it makes sense. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like there's just so many calories you have to eat 
and you got to split it up. I mean, who's going to sit down, you know, for a lot of those like three, four thousand calorie meals? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I also find it as a, a really good tool, tool to teach uh, portion control and stuff for clients. Um, most clients don't want to have to weigh, measure, and Tupperware food for the rest of their life. And they want to just sit down at a dinner in a restaurant and, and look at it and kind of eyeball it just like you or I would. Uh, and so if that's the ultimate goal is to be able to look at a plate and kind of have an understanding of uh, how many calories are in it, how many grams of carbs, proteins, and fats. Uh, I I used to like to uh, do the small meals for the day for teaching purposes, just to kind of show them what six ounces of chicken looks like mm. and four ounces of sweet potato and what a serving of veggies look like. Um, so I, I like to do that and show them like how they should feel from feeling that you should feel satisfied. You shouldn't feel hungry still afterwards, but you should also not feel mm. stuffed. And we live in this culture now. I mean, if you look at us compared to almost any other country, when you look at the plates that we get served, it's just it's unheard of. Oh, like, it's, it's nothing like that anywhere else. Take like, a foreigner to, to Cheesecake Factory, yeah, and have them just freak the fuck out. Yeah, it's it's insane. Mm -hmm. Like our plates in the states, like a lot of the plates are like two thousand calorie. We plus. should designate a day to that. Mm -hmm. Take a foreigner to Cheese Factory day. Yeah, to Cheesecake <laughs> Factory day. Make it a we'll thing. Start it. Boy, between you and Adam today, <laughs> the comedy is just. <laughs> ba -ba <-bum>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. I know it's happening. Yeah, maybe I'll save. It's the happening here. <laughs> the joke or something yeah. later. Yeah. I got no. you, Justin. That yeah, sounds no. all right. Well, here's the, here's the thing though. Small meals of the day is also a pain in the ass though. Like you're you're eating five meals a day, six meals. If you're not preparing these meals ahead of time and carrying them around with you everywhere, yeah. Guess what ends up happening. You end up eating bars and shakes to make up that, which is why the fitness industry promoted this for so long yeah. because they knew that if everybody bought into the "I need to eat small meals" you know mentality, yeah. If you're doing small meals throughout the day and one or two or three of them are bars and shakes, you're, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because in that case, you may as well just add those extra calories to two or three of the other meals that you're eating. And you'd be day. better off. You'd yeah. be way better off yeah. than doing that. But now, if you if you could eat. You know, if you portioned out, um, and you were walking around with your Tupperware, yeah, or and you and you brought. I mean, Katrina and I uh, did this for a very long time, especially when I was competing, and I had to. She did too, um, and she would basically take two because she'd eat one in the one for breakfast before she left to work. She took two Tupperwares to work. That would be two other meals, and then she ate once or twice when she came home later mm -hmm. on in the evening time. So she was eating four to five meals uh, a day. I was eating more like six to seven meals that were portioned out. Uh, what was nice about it, there was always 10 things of Tupperware in the refrigerator too that were good to go. So if there was a time where we were tempted to eat something else and you had a good balanced meal that was put in there. So now here's the other thing too, though. Um, there's a lot of science showing health benefits to time restricted eating where not fasting necessarily, but where people eat in a 10 hour window and don't eat when the sun goes down. Um, now, Calories really are what determine whether or not you gain body fat uh, or not, right? If you're taking in more calories than you're burning, you're going to gain body fat. If it's less, then you'll lose. But they're finding that, uh, you're, you know, they, we know that the organs have a circadian rhythm. So even you may be wearing your blue blocker glasses and you may be not exposing yourself to blue light and, you know, making sure your body knows it's dark so that you get good sleep. But then you eat food and your body thinks, oh, it's time to be awake. Let's digest. And they're finding that it impacts sleep and impacts health. And eating lots and lots of meals is it's difficult to do that, right? Because if you're if you're trying to eat all your meals before six p.m. and you got six meals, 
You mm. eat like every hour. Mm-hmm. You're eating something. Um, so, and, and this is again, this is down the totem pole of important things that you should do. Mm. But if I have somebody that's eating healthy and they're like, "Hey Sal, what's the next thing I can do to optimize my health with my food?" I'm going to tell them restrict your eating within a time window. You know, eat when the sun is up, and when the sun goes down, stop eating anymore. Let your body know that it's nighttime. You'll have better sleep, and and of course, and then better health down the road. And so, you know, there, there's that. There's also the benefits of fasting, where you you don't have any food. It gives your digestive system a break. It speeds up the cell waste removal process. It stimulates stem cells so that when you do refeed, you create these new healthier cells. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, if you if you look at humans from an evolutionary standpoint, it's highly likely that for most of human, for most of the time we were on Earth, we didn't eat throughout the whole day. We might have eaten a little bit here and there if we found a few, if we were lucky to find some berries and some nuts or some roots. But then we would hunt something, we'd eat a big meal, and then we didn't eat until we got something else. So the small meals throughout the day, you know, uh, I think there may be some negatives for some people. I think it may be pro-inflammatory for some people. If you have gut issues, oftentimes eating small, frequent meals throughout the day may not be a good idea. Believe it or not, as counterintuitive as that sounds, uh, for people with irritable bowel syndrome, eating a lot of small meals oftentimes can make things worse. People with acid reflux, oftentimes if they eat too often or eat too late, you know, close to, di- to, to bedtime can make things worse. Oh, yeah, screws me up. So that's where the personal preference thing I think comes into play. Like see what you feel. I feel better personally eating, you know, less frequently. I don't feel as good if I eat frequently throughout the day. And believe me, for years I ate very frequently. I ate seven, eight meals a day every day. I brought them to work with me every day. So I've had both and I find that eating less frequently seems to make me feel better. Next question is from Mom Spaghetti 88 What does it mean to be a strong man to you? What does it mean to be a strong woman beyond the physical component? Oh, like just strength. Is this like a philosophical question? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> okay. just strength. Yeah. I don't know. What were you thinking, Adam? You picked the question. No, I, I thought it would be a great discussion, especially since they bring up beyond just the strength side. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we've shared the the article that uh, T Nation shared, I think is a great- About physical strength. Yeah, mm-hmm. about physical strength. So, But we've never talked about what that looks like uh, you know, mentally and, like, and work capacity, which uh, Justin loves to discuss- uh, workload, work capacity, the importance of that. I think mm-hmm. that falls under the category uh, of being strong. Mm-hmm. Now, also, when you train that way, kind of going back to the question we asked before about maxes and PRs, and you talked about the mental component that comes with that, there's something to be said about the mental fortitude that comes with training for training like a strong man or strong woman yeah i think i mean that's a good point like i i think real real world strength to me matters like so it in in terms of like not just it applying to a very unique specific skill in a sport or um you know looking the part so like i want to know too like just watching what you do throughout the day like how you move things like how your abilities to uh, overcome obstacles, like all these things matter to me in terms of, of general strength and, and what somebody has. Uh, like I can, I can see that through your movement patterns. Yeah. I, I, it's, it, this is like, you know, I've met a few people who uh, were at the highest levels uh, in the military. I, I knew, I knew a guy who was a Navy SEAL who used to work out at one of the gyms that I managed. I knew a, a, a ranger, Special op, special ops, and you know, of course, we we get in conversations about fitness, 
and I would always ask him what the testing protocol was like, you know, before they got in, uh, you know, before they got the designation of being like an, uh, you know, a seal or whatever. And they would talk about the the testing and how just grueling and, and crazy it was. And I would say, man, you need to be like super fit to do all that stuff. And he goes, and they, and they would all tell me the same thing. They'd be like, yeah, you need to be fit, but that's not what determines. Yeah, it's not what going to make or break you. No, that's not what determines the winners or losers. He goes, first off, you better you have to be fit as hell just for them to invite you. Mm-hmm. Like that's what gets you to take the to go through the course. They would tell me that the difference between the guys that would fail and the guys and girls that would succeed was the mental piece. Mm-hmm. It, had, it wasn't the physical the piece. Fortitude. Like everybody there could do the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. It was can you handle like going underwater? You ever seen the tests with the Navy SEALs where they go underwater with a breather uh-huh. and their hands and feet are tied and there's another SEAL, there's a guy going there's a guy down. just pushing them back Pushing down. them down, yeah. taking the tube out of the mouth, it's fucking gnarly. with them. I mean, yeah. causing you to panic. Like it's that mental fortitude uh, that uh, that they're looking for and if you think about it, it makes perfect sense in battle. That's what's going to determine. I mean, how strong do you have to be to hold your, your and pull the trigger of a gun or whatever? It's all about that ment- mental fortitude. There was that one... Um, but I never read the book, but it was uh, I've heard a lot about it. A, a gentleman who was a POW, and he talked about how uh, his strategies to surviving being a prisoner of war for as long as he did. And he said that uh, the people that were mentally weak and that didn't have religion were the ones that died first. Hmm. And he said the things that kept him and others alive was that purpose. They had a higher they had a belief in a higher power, which obviously gives you that purpose outside of your fucking anguish and pain or whatever. And he said also he found strategies that helped him. And one of the strategies was to break things down into smaller chunks. Like if I think I'm going to be here for a year, that's just too much. I can't process that. If I think about I need to survive, I need to be able to make it till lunch. And then I need to be able to make it till for the next couple of hours. And I need to be able to make it till bed. And then I need to be able to make it through through the night. And then break it up into smaller chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that kind of demonstrates man's search for meaning. Was that the book? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Viktor Frankl? I think that might have been. Um, but uh, it's interesting. I, yeah. I think for me, strength is the ability to persevere and maintain your internal uh, moral compass. Mm. You know, like everybody's a good guy or a good girl when shit's going, going great or when people are watching, but can you keep that up when the shit gets, you know, hits the fan? Hmm. You know, are you able to maintain that moral compass? Are you able to keep moving forward when everything and everyone is turned against you? That would be strength. And all of us think that we're strong. We all think that we're that kind of person, but the the, the history shows us that most of us are not. Yeah. Most of us fall in line and most of us do well that's you know, what we're told that's what makes i think strength training or training in general so great there's so many parallels to it in life and i know that we talk out against like a lot of the motivational bullshit but there is some value to um you know help pushing through the times where you want to quit or pushing through times when uh, you don't feel like getting up to go to the gym and that that practice of of doing that and towards working out and exercise carries over into other aspects of your life. You know, I love the quote, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so I think learning to be mentally and physically tough inside the gym translates so well into 
other aspects of your life that you know maybe we don't discuss that much. And I, I see less of the benefits of you know going all out or beast mode in the gym for the gains you're going to get or the fat loss you're going to get. I see the 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 mental fortitude that comes from that is where the real benefits are. So learning to intermittently inject that into your your routine i see lots of value and i think that is what defines a strong man or woman is that you've got the mental fortitude to do the things that you have to do today so you can do the things that you want to do tomorrow and so being able to get up go to the gym sometimes when you're tired you're exhausted or you think you can't get there or your your day's too busy and having the discipline to still make that happen or make it a part of your life i think that's really important and i think if you learn to do that inside the gym that makes you a very strong man or woman in there but it also carries over into the rest of your life yeah i definitely think it all ties in especially the mental fortitude part like you can see that like how you can literally change your outcome based off of how you're you're mentally resilient and you just it's not even an option for you like you can create that for yourself to uh persevere through uh really tough challenging things uh, I definitely find that as a part of a strength if we're going to talk about this, like uh, philosophically, like that is a huge part of, of having strength. The The part that I, I have problems with, because like when we first started the show, I was very much like revered more of the intense training, the intense, uh, like I, I've found a lot of value personally out of like really kicking the shit out of myself and like trying to challenge myself to overcome like all this like all this amount of stress and, you know, peeling that back, it wasn't the best for me. And it wasn't the best for my body. It wasn't the best for my relationships around me. It wasn't the best, uh, you know, promoting good habits throughout my lifestyle and my day. So, uh, it, I feel like if we revere it too much, like this could be a problem, you mm. know, this could be something that I just see it all the time is that's an easy thing for me to look at somebody and be like, Oh my God, you're such a badass! You did like the craziest shit ever, all this stuff. And like, it's, it's very alluring, alluring. Like that's, that's the way to get to strength. Yeah. Like, that's what that's, you know, at the, at its highest, uh, like, so now I look at it differently now is what I'm trying to well, say. I don't, I got an example of, of someone cause I was thinking, and I was thinking of a lot of people who I think exemplify for me strength, but one person really stands out and it's, and I've talked about her, a few times on the show, but you know, years ago, um, and this was my, uh, at the time, my mother-in-law. Um, but I, I grew up with her. I knew her since I was eight years old. And so she was like, uh, like another family member, like another mom or, or an aunt. Um, and, uh, she was a uh, very hardworking woman, very positive, uh, held the family together. She was that, you know, that cornerstone of the family for her side. And she got diagnosed with uh, with cancer. She's the family member that I refer to sometimes when I say that I knew someone who who fought cancer. She got diagnosed with a very rare, deadly terminal form of cancer. And uh, this woman just fucking... I mean, the, the harshest chemo th treatment that they could throw at her, they gave her. Because of the type of cancer she had, there were no known treatments that could help. And so the doctors were like, we're going to try this experimental combination of chemo it's gonna be real harsh so she had to not only go to the to, to the to the hospital to get chemo she also had to walk around with this pump that was constantly giving her chemo and she when she saw us she smiled every time she continued to do all the stuff around the house 
she continued to watch my kids and babysit my kids. I mean, in fact, when she told us she got diagnosed with cancer, the second thing out of her mouth was, don't you dare take your take these kids away from me. Like, because she, she knew that we would be like, oh, don't watch the kids. And she's like, no, I want to watch them as long as I possibly can. Mm. And I would train her in the gym. She'd come in with her little chemo pump and her wig because she had lost her hair. And she'd come in and she would ask my staff, how are you guys doing? How's your day going? Oh my God, how's your husband? Like, besides the wig and the chemo pump, you can never tell. And you knew she was going through it. Just strength and resilience up until the absolute end. Um, that woman really demonstrated to the point where her son, who I, I, I also grew up with, you know, my, my brother-in-law, you know, he was, a, he was a good kid growing up, but kind of a cocky, uh, arrogant asshole at times. You know, as this, I'll tell him this to his face. He took care of his mom, witnessed what she went through and witnessed how she kept herself, the grace that she presented, the strength that she presented, never complained, never always moving forward, always strong. It completely changed him and turned him into this extremely hardworking, motivated young man who's now extremely successful in investments. And I saw the switch. And I remember I talked to him. I said, man, when your mom went through that and everything, I said, I saw you change for the positive. And he goes, I could not be negative after watching my mom go through yeah. what she went through and being as positive as she always was as she was through that whole period, he goes, there's no way I could be negative after watching yeah. that. That to me was, was strength. When I saw yeah. her go through that, I was just like, wow, yeah, perfect. that's incredible. Yeah. Doing the right thing regardless. Always. Next question is from black belt. Ryan, what would you guys suggest to help someone find their purpose in life? To help find their, how do you help someone else find their purpose? Well, didn't we, didn't we touch on that? I feel like we just touched on this with another question and, the response was, uh, "You should try and find something that you would re you would do, even if you didn't get paid." Hmm. I mean, I think that's a a good place to start is to look for that. Is like, what is it that I I love doing so much that you know? Obviously, we all need to get paid to pay our bills. It's not, that's beside the point. But if your bills were covered and you didn't have to pay for those things, like what what is it that you would do? that uh, you would do for free or you would mm. do regardless if you were the wealthiest person in the world. You know what's funny about this question is that uh, you you have a purpose. You mm. just have to define it. And what I mean by that, and I'm not trying to be esoteric here, okay? If You may think to yourself like, oh, I don't have any purpose. No, you're actually working towards a purpose. It's your highest value. Whatever you value most in life is what you're your purpose is. That's what everything that you do is going to be defined by that. So if you don't, if it's money or power or video games, that's what everything's going to be geared towards. So if you feel like you're aimless, it's probably because your top value yeah. isn't worthy, isn't worthy, isn't worth it. I also think you're too self-centered. You're thinking too much about your own purpose. Like, why don't you just start by doing things for other people and see where your passion lies? Start like thinking outside of yourself mm. and see what happens. It's it's amazing what reveals itself. It, like you're too too much about like your daily process. I think a lot of times, and this is my problem. Like I on Instagram and everywhere else, and all these motivational people are so much about trying to define yourself, finding this quest, this journey, this everything. It's like so fucking self absorbed. <laughs> Go fucking do things for other people. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing what kind of purpose that brings. Yeah, I, I, it's simple. I, I agree with you 100. Yeah, look at your top value. Like, what do you value most in the world? 
Um, and that's what you're going to be driven towards. That's what your purpose is. So if that's family, uh, then that's the lens you see everything through. That's why you work. That's why you do what you do. Um, that's why you try to become a better person is for your family. If it's money, then everything's going to be geared towards that. If it's sex, if it's drugs, if it's God, that's, you know, whatever your top value is, is what you're, and this was a mind blowing thing for me to get. Like I, I understood this not that long ago. I don't remember who it was. I was watching, was talking and they're saying, look, if you know, uh, you may say you don't worship a God, but you worship something, whether you realize it or not. And then the way they explained it was whatever. It's, it's you, God value. That was yeah, Mark Manson. He, just, he talks about that. Right. Too. right. Yeah. yeah. He God talks value, about that Mark Manson. Uh, Start With Why is a great book. Uh, Purpose Driven Life is a great book uh, on these topics. But I, I think the most simple, simply that's ever been explained to me that I, I guess maybe resonates the most with me is that. You know, what would I do if I was a, a billionaire? If tomorrow I woke up, I had all the money in the world, I would not. I think we've all said this before, like the it would not dictate uh, what we would do today. Like we would literally still if I had all the money in the world, I would still do what I'm doing right now. Like that to me feels like I found my purpose mm -hmm. because of that. It's because it's not about the money. Yes, we are building a business. Yes, we have to. We try and make money to pay employees and to pay our bills and do all those things because all those things are part of what makes this world go around. But if it didn't, if that didn't exist, would I still get up every morning and show up and meet up with these guys and talk about health and fitness and share this information with the world? A hundred percent, I believe I would. A hundred percent. Therefore, I feel like I have found my purpose and you know and i also think too sometimes and i and I, it this seems to be a, a generational thing right now too with the the young generation that's coming up that they're so desperate to find their purpose so early that you you just might be ahead of your time right now you don't like i I, I don't know for sure that if you would have asked me at 23 that I would say what I knew my purpose was. And, you know, Gary Vee always says, you know, eat shit for nine years first. Like that's, you know, and that's kind of to Justin's point, like do do for others and spend a lot of time doing for others and, and, and working your ass off yeah. towards being a better version of yourself. Be grateful, be humble and do those things. Yeah. Work your ass off, help other people. Um, you're not the center of the of the universe. You're just a a person like anybody else and uh, just move forward like that. And you'll find, you know, being humble um, oftentimes will reveal to you what your purpose is. Being kind of narcissistic and egoic oftentimes will hide what your true purpose is and maybe give you a false sense of purpose, one that'll drive you to doing things that are not really, uh, you know, fueling you in, in the right type of, in the right ways, you know, and you see this a lot now. I mean, Life is getting to the point where it's getting so easy. And I know I say this and some people get offended, like life is hard. And yeah, yes, it is. I, I, life is very hard. But what I mean, it's easy in, in, in comparison to having what you want. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, let's be honest, like for a long time now, the average person in modern society well, is food. more likely to die from too much food. Than well, too look, look food. at the things mm -hmm. that we, we, we intake the most, food, entertainment, and sex. Mm -hmm. And think of the the evolution of those recently. I mean, you can swipe right and be having sex within 20, 24 hours oh, yep. now. Yep. I mean, that didn't exist. Easy access. Right? right? Food, we could literally right now get on our phones, have it delivered to us right away. Or we could pick it our phones out of our pocket and stream our favorite TV show right mm -hmm, now. Mm. That has never existed mm. in, our, in, in our lifetime. You've never seen something like that. So we are we are at a point where 
this question I think is going to come up more and more because of that exact your point you're making, Sal's automation and all that. Have you ever seen create new problems? You ever seen that video uh, where I think it's a professor and he has a jar and he's got big rocks, smaller pebbles, and then sand, and he he fills the jar with sand, Mm. and then he says, "How many rocks can I fit in there now?" And the students are like, "Well, none." And he goes, "Okay, well that's right." And he goes, "The sand represents." entertainment and fun and then he he shows the pebbles and the rocks and the big rocks are mm-hmm. things like family purpose duty god whatever and you know the pebbles are like you know it's those smaller values and he goes if you fill your jar with the big stuff first there's always room to add sand if you do it the other way around you'll never find room for the bigger things i thought that was a very yeah. powerful it's a good visual you know powerful visual and it's true. I mean, I think a lot of people walk around and their their number one value of the day is, you know, video games or, you know, entertainment or, you know, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. Um, but if you place the other stuff ahead of that, you'll have time for that stuff too. You'll just find a, a greater sense of purpose and fulfillment. That's all, the word I like is fulfillment. I like the word happy, mm-hmm. you know, because happy's not, happy's fleeting. Like nobody's happy all the time. It's impossible. In fact, if people were happy all the time, it'd be fucking creepy. It'd be like a bunch of jokers, you know, walking around with smiles on their face like a scary movie. Um, But fulfillment, you know, feeling fulfilled. I've had moments like that where I've had I've had moments that were just fucking fun, just incredibly fun. But they, they they pale in comparison to the moments where like I'm sitting at the park and my kids are playing, and it's not fun, but I get this feeling of like. Fulfillment, and I can't, I can't describe the the. Oh, it's the most amazing. I mean, I had one of those moments just two nights ago, and I, and I don't know if you guys even remember. There was a moment where I was sitting with Katrina, uh, outside of our beach house. Um, I'm watching all of you in the kitchen. Oh, I saw this. You were smiling mm-hmm. at us. Yeah, and I was I, like, what's he laughing? At? <laughs> no, right, you probably thought that. that <laughs> yeah. I was like, but I have it, food on my face still. But yeah. that that's I live for that. I live uh, for those moments of that together. Um, the four of us in this room have created this. We created this uh, environment, this opportunity that has allowed us to have a moment like that where we are all, uh, there's no distractions around us at the time. We're enjoying each other's company and and smiling and laughing and sharing. And uh, it's just amazing to me. Like that is so, so valuable to me and means so much to me, more so than any of these other things that I think that give you this instant gratification, like the, and those, those are like now memory. Like I can, I can look back to that, remember that moment, know that we created that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know. I think yeah. that I, I think I, I will say this purpose is not a destination. It's a journey. Right. So uh, if your purpose is something that you can attain one day, like, okay, my purpose is to make a million dollars. You're going to have a rough fall down once you accomplish it, if you accomplish it. Purpose should be about the journey. That's where you learn everything anyway. Like the journey towards making a million. Mm-hmm. That's where you gain the skills and learn things. Purpose should be never ending. Um, you never want to be at a point where, Mark Manson talked about this, like when he, he hit his goal of selling however many million books and he was depressed for a few months. You know, like, oh, what do I do now? Right. You know, this is why I think uh, in many ways religion has been so effective for so many people. Because, you know, like the, the ideal is perfection, right? Like, for example, in the Christian religion, Jesus, right? Like nobody's ever accomplished that. Nobody's ever perfect no, like him. But there's an example. But yeah, exactly. And, and that's the goal. The goal is to constantly try and become 
closer to closer to that perfection. And that'll drive you for the rest of your life. And that journey is going to be filled with lots of growth type of deal. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, great question. I don't think uh, we necessarily have the answer. I think that's a question that uh, people people have been trying to answer since the you know the beginning of philosophy. Yeah, uh, but I, it's deep for sure. I don't think it's one. I think it's one you should constantly be asking yourself though. Definitely. Uh, and with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us all on Instagram. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.